0: This is episode number five of the Ask the Church Collective podcast. In this episode, we have our first voicemail question, which was really cool, so I'll jump into it so you can hear it, and then a couple of our contributors, Cliff and Spence, got together to answer the question. If you have a question and you want to have your voice featured on this podcast, you can call us at 209-326-0933, and uh, we'll feature you on the podcast and we'll answer it. So we're going to jump right in with the question from Luke.
1: Hey guys, this is Luke Mundy out in Fresno, California. Um, I'm really enjoying the new format for the show. Keep up the good work. Awesome. Um, I've been kind of wrestling through a question with my team that um, I wanted to get your input on. I, let me try and be as succinct as possible with the question. Um, basically, what, what i realized is that uh, we're a small church that doesn't have a lot of uh, musicians that, that call the church home. We have a lot of young families and people who are super busy, as I'm sure you guys probably have similar situations at your church. Um So a lot of my musicians that I use are just people who are connected to me, who I've known through different bands throughout the years and things like that. Um It's kind of been on my heart lately uh to try and develop musicians that are, are connected to our church first and foremost and not necessarily to me so that I'm not the relationship that's keeping them there serving. Um, So I guess my question is, how do you go about developing a love for your local congregation within your team members? I know a lot of times musicians just love music and love serving um, and and are excited to serve and do those things, but they may not be that well connected to the congregation itself. So uh, that's just been on my heart lately. I'd love to get your feedback. How do you connect your band members to your congregation at large? What are some good strategies for doing that?
2: Thanks. That is such a great question um, because the relationship the worship team has with the congregation is so vitally important, um, you know, and it happens as you alluded in your question, it happens both on the platform and off the platform. Um, a lot of of the relationship that the worship team has with the congregation, I would say the majority of it actually happens off the platform. Um, one of the things that I really encourage with our worship teams is to make sure that when there's opportunity for them to engage with our congregation off of the, off of the platform, that they need to take those opportunities. So for example, as soon as our service is finished, um, instead of everybody packing up their gear and stuff, as soon as the service is over, I encourage them to immediately walk off the platform and make their way toward the lobby um, because they can always pack up their gear later on. Um, and that that kind of gives them an opportunity to maybe meet some people um, in in the in the lobby as they're leaving and develop those relationships that way. Um, it also gives the congregation the 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 sense that we're not just um, performing musicians who are kind of aloof and up there and really don't have any connection with the people. They um, you know they see us as real people um, and. Uh, I can't tell you how many times just from having our worship team go out in the lobby after the service has actually um, benefited us as far as being able to recruit new team members um, and just really developing that relationship with our folks. So that's definitely one way, you know, just get them off of the platform as much as possible to develop those relationships. Mm.
0: What are you guys doing, Spence?
3: Uh, Yeah, um, I I think for for us, that's a great... um, We do the same thing on Sunday mornings, um, you know, before and after each service, we try to encourage our team to, to go out in the lobby and to, you know, um, meet the church and stuff like that and interact. But I think even to take it a step further, um, I really try to, uh, encourage our team, um, that, uh, obviously worship leading starts off the platform, I think we've we've kind of alluded to that, but what that means here and in, in our context, we have life groups that happen each week uh, in homes. We don't necessarily do Sunday Sunday school. Um, we do life groups, which is basically like Sunday school in homes during the week. And I encourage our team to get involved in life group. Uh, I encourage our team to get involved with different discipleship groups that may meet, be going through a certain study, or I encourage our teams to get involved even in, in other ministries um, you know, like children's ministry on Sunday mornings, help, help serve in the two-year-old room when you're not scheduled. Um, I think the, 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 biggest thing for us to remember as musicians and, um, is that our, our congregation, uh, isn't, isn't our, isn't our audience. They're, they're our faith family. And for us, if they know us, then then they'll then they'll trust us to lead them in worship. And they don't get to know us um just on stage or just passing in the hallways. They get to know us when we're sitting in their homes and praying over prayer requests and sharing our struggles and helping them through their struggles. That's that's where worship leading starts. So that's kind of what, what we
0: try to encourage. Sure. Maybe we could take that too. Could I know one of the arguments a lot of people make is, "Well, my my worship team is my small group." Could you guys maybe speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, well, let me just give you a little bit of a, of my own personal
2: story. Um, serving in worship ministry, um, I actually my wife and I made the decision probably ten years ago to get involved in kind of what Spence was talking about, get involved in a small group, um, but. Get involved in a small group that did not have any worship ministry people involved in it at all. Um, and so we we made that decision and got plugged in and we met Monday nights at at the leader's house. And I'll tell you, it was it was actually one of the best things that that we ever did. And I've encouraged all my team members to do exactly the same thing that Spence is talking about. Is to get involved in a in a group like that, um, and the fact that there was nobody involved in the worship ministry in our group, it really allowed us to develop relationships with people um, that that had no connection to the worship ministry at all. So they were able to, we were able to grow in our walk together. Um, they were able to see um, me and my wife kind of in a completely different light. So instead of being um, just musicians or worship leaders, they saw us as kind of real people who are on the same faith journey that they were on. And it also allowed us to develop relationships with people outside of the worship ministry. Um, and and like Spence was talking about, that trust then begins to Uh, build over time as you get to know people on a more personal level and start to go through life with them, you know, through, you know, we were, we're raising kids and we're going through the same thing. And how can we uh, pull, you know, seek God's strength, you know, as we're dealing with things with our kids and in our relationship with each other. And um, it was, it was super beneficial. So yeah, that's huge. I mean, if you can get involved and get your team involved in groups, um, any kind of small group, and especially outside of the worship ministry, for us, that's what works. Now, I know that a lot of people talk about, well, the worship ministry is my small group, but I can't tell you enough the benefit of developing those relationships outside of the worship ministry because that's where your trust is really built.
3: Yeah, I'd like to jump in there too and just kind of uh, piggyback off of that. You know, our congregation isn't made up of all musicians and if we're going to seek to lead and seek to shepherd and 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 seek to even teach our congregation what real worship is and we know worship is 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 living a life in surrender and 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 following Jesus in all parts of our lives then we need to get to know the different people in our congregation and as we get to know sorry as we get to know the different people there you go. And <laughs> as we get to know the different people in our congregation, that's going to help us um, relate to them. That's going to help us. Uh, it, for me, the worship leader, you know, I'm not going. It's going to help me in the way I phrase things and the way I communicate to the congregation on Sunday mornings. You know, um, it we're not we're not playing for a bunch of musicians. We're playing for moms and dads and doctors and lawyers and school teachers, and we got to get to know them. And yeah, so
0: yeah, it's really good. So, what would you say? Um, and I'm looking at the the question from Luke here too. Part of what he said was he feels like he's in a smaller church, so a lot of times he's bringing musicians in that are friends with him that are now it looks like they're at the church, but um, I mean, I guess take it from that angle. So, you have a new musician, they've come to your church for however long you expect them to come before you let them on their worship ministry, but really, like if the worship ministry has been their point of entry what would you guys do to encourage them to do what we're saying as far as getting plugged into the rest of the church? Is there like a practical step to that? Or is it basically just, Hey, just go, you know, make sure you're not just stuck with the musicians. I guess, how can we, how can we continue to break apart uh, the clickiness of a worship team? Maybe.
3: I think, I think in a smaller context like that, maybe, uh, maybe lead the way, you know? Um, I I don't know. I just, uh, maybe you taking the, the group you have and, and uh, going and sitting in a, a small group, or going and sitting in a um, a Bible study that another group in the church is doing, or, or even uh, getting involved in different mi- uh, mission outreaches. But just leading the way and, and showing your team that you know leading worship is, is so much more than getting on a platform and playing music.
2: Right. Yeah. And I would another thing that I and you know, regardless of whether you have a small church or a large church, a lot of times the musicians will kind of do their thing at the beginning of the service and kind of lead the song portion of the service and then um, kind of hang out in in, a, in what sometimes we call a green room or whatever, I encourage our musicians that as soon as they leave the platform, the green room or whatever room we have that they gather in is off limits. Um, I want them in the worship center, worshiping and hearing the message right along with everybody else in the congregation. Um, and that the reason, I mean, there's, there's multiple benefits to that. Uh, number one they're hearing the Word of god um, number two it it really shows the congregation at large that the team of musicians that are up there are more are are more than just musicians they're there to also grow spiritually to to uh, grow in their walk with God and it really sets an example of what worship is um, that it's more than just playing or singing or leading worship, but it's actually. Uh, being fed and participating in the entire worship experience.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's great. So, what, how many how many services do you do, Cliff? I guess like how how would you say that the worship team should be in every service if you're at a at a church that does multiple services?
2: Well, we do we do multiple services. We do two services on Sunday morning, and um, you know, as Spence was alluding to earlier, uh, a lot of our our team members uh, will serve both in worship ministry and then also somewhere else in, in the church, whether it's children's ministry or something something else. And I, f- I find that a common theme with a lot of uh, worship team people is that they are the ones that are really super involved in the church. Um, and so I, I just encourage them, you know, when you're off the platform, g- at least sit in on one service. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps it's the service you're leading worship in. That's the one I would prefer that they go to. Um, so as soon as they come off the platform, we don't have people exit off the back of the stage. I I just have them walk right off the front of the stage um, so that we don't give this illusion that we're going to some, uh, secluded place off the platform, but we're actually going to walk right down with them and continue worshiping right along with them. And then during the next hour, if they want to, you know, if they participate in a small group, um, or if they want to serve in another area, they can do that. Yep. Did
3: you want me to answer that, Ryan? No, you can go for it. Sure. Oh, well, it, yeah man? we we do two we do two services as well. Uh, the first service, we make sure we sit in on, on um, front row, and I, you know another aspect of that is also just the encouragement to your pastor. Um, mm. I, I can tell you when I'm leading, you know, our pastor comes and he sits on the front row, and whenever I see him and his wife, that just fuels the fire in me. Like man, I'm you know, I'm doing a good pastor in worship. I'm preparing his heart to to give the word. So in, in the same way, I think the worship team I think like Cliff said, we we can be real guilty of kind of hiding in the shadows, but we need to get out there in front and sit on the front row and you know, be nodding our head, amen, pastor, yeah, like encouraging him. Um, you know, and that's so that's kind of our role, the first service. The second service, um, we we have a like my office is kind of backstage and we have a speaker where we can hear, uh, we come back and we sit in in the room in the second service. Um, but we we do make it a point in the first service to go to sit on the front row and, um, you know, to be a part
0: for sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, This is convicting stuff at our church. We do, uh, we have four weekend services plus a traditional venue that's off on the same campus in another spot. And then our high school ministry has its own service too. So I'm just over here kind of trying to figure out, you know, what's the best way. Cause we definitely feel, I know with my team, there's a lot of kind of hanging out, um, not even in the green room, but kind of just scattering. There's not really intentional focus on the team's part uh, to get connected with the congregation. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's like, you know, 14 hours worth of stuff, so maybe we're all in on one of the services on our Saturday night service, but mm-hmm. by the time our three Sunday ones come through, we're not quite there. So I'm convicted I'm going to be going back and listening to this podcast episode for sure, <laughs> try to work on getting there. You know, Ryan, one of the other things that I do
2: too that I think really helps build a relationship and a rapport with the congregation is, um, and, I'll, and I work on this ahead of time with the individuals, but I know as a worship leader a lot of times uh, for us, um, as kind of the lead worshiper, I'm in, I kind of, plan out what my transitions are going to be between songs, whether I'm going to say something or uh, maybe share a, a passage of scripture or something. And a lot of times what I'll do is I will hand that off or delegate that to one of our worship team members. Um, and and if it means including just a little bit of a testimony or a short um, story about something God is doing in their life, of course, I, I plan it ahead of time and I screen it ahead of time. Um, but those moments where we can, Allow the worship team to provide some of those transitions in our worship. Um, really, I think help the congregation get to know the team a lot better, and it also gives our worship team the opportunity. And you have to be careful about who you how you, who you give this responsibility to, because you want to do you want to give it to somebody who you know is going to not you know shy away or or start stumbling over their words, but that's going to be confident. And and I've had to work with people to do this, but um, just the ability for them to share a little bit. Really helps the congregation get to know them, and it could be just twenty seconds, you know, just kind of leading into, and maybe even in rehearsal, it's, um, you know, I'll ask them, as you've been preparing the set list for this week, what what song has really spoken to your heart? What is what is what has God made real to you this week as you've been preparing for worship? And every once in a while, one of them will speak up, and I'd be like, man, that's so great. Would you would you mind sharing that in the service on Sunday? And um, you know, and and it's worked out really well, and it's helped them. Get to know the congregation, get to know them a lot better just from that 20 seconds of sharing.
0: That's it for this week's episode. As always, head over to iTunes, leave us a rating and a review, helps us get more visible over there, and head over to the churchcollective.com. Hit the contact form. We want to connect with you, we want to connect you with others. God bless you today.